Welcome aboard, Captain. the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek for the voyage home, one minute at a time. I'm David Stoger. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Uh, good. I'm right. trying to figure out how to figure this work, work in the hell I'm good. Yeah, the hell you're good. So this is the minute number 53. Yep. And this minute starts with Spock telling Kirk how he feels about remembering things. And this minute ends with Bob telling us about rocks and hard places. Oh, Bob. Yeah. Bob, Bob's a jerk. Uh, I've, Bob's never met, a jerk. I've, never, I've never met Bob, and we see him in this minute, and I already don't like him. Yeah, like right out of the gate, right? He's a big phony. He's <laughs> um, like Mike from Seinfeld. Phony. How do you, you got that read already, right? Oh, I totally do. I think every time I see Bob, um, I always think Bob's not Gillian's, Jillian's boyfriend, is he? Do we learn that? Is that part of the backstory? No, but he says, um, he's, he does talk, uh, so, you know, obviously we're jumping around the minute here, but yeah. yeah, at the end of the minute, it's just Jillian, you know, Jillian's out there and she's, you know, she's, she's, you know, it's okay, you know, doing what I do to my cat after, you know, he, he's fallen or I've stepped on him or whatever, you know, I'm like, it's okay. It's, you know, didn't mean any harm. I'm sorry. You know, she's, she's comforting the whales. Right. Um, and then Bob comes strolling out and, you know, heard some, some excitement. And uh, oh, she, you know, she's she's like it's just just a couple of kooks, and you know, Bob's like, "How you doing?" You know, that's that's where I get a sense, like right here is where he's starting to be Mister Phony Pants. Oh, see, I get turned off when he when he, <clears throat> you know, says, "Don't tell me your fish stories, kiddo." Yeah, I've known you too long. A fish story? Yeah, is that even a thing? Well, first of all, as we know, whales aren't fish; they're <laughs> mammals. That would have been a perfect opportunity for her to, um, yeah. you know, to uh, throw that back at him. Right. So that's where I really get like he's yeah. Don't tell me your fish stories. And I think this is the, the only backstory we get from him is you know I've known you too long. Like, is there, dare I say, sexual tension between the two? So maybe they did have a prior relationship, or is he just her boss? Like he's clearly the director. He's like, the director. Yeah. He's, he's definitely, I mean, that's his title. He is the director. Yeah. Um, and I would not say, I would say, again, it, it, the scenarios, and maybe these are just tropes and stuff or, you know, right. stereotypes. But I definitely, he definitely fits in the, they're either a couple, you know, yeah. where she's just putting up with them. Or he's a skeevy guy just hitting on her. Yeah. Um, right. And that's what he always been doing since she got hired. Um, you know, he, we know she's going to be a better director of the Cetacean Institute than he'll ever be. But he won't oh, yeah, she, her, she definitely you know, she, she, Do you think that's what it is? <laughs> I don't know. This, this is the backstory I'm building for Bob. No. Bob Briggs, just, by the way, right? I, Bob yeah. Briggs. I just think he's I just think he's a jerk. He's a he's a slimy jerk. Um So have you but, had, Oh, go ahead. 
No, no. So uh, picking up on what you said, which is uh, she's hold, he's holding her back. So do you think she would be prepared in the state of mind she says after he says, don't tell me for stories, kiddo. I've known you too long. And, he, and she goes, Bob, it's tearing me apart, okay? So obviously she, she's attached to these whales. Would she be a director to make those hard decisions? Oh, could she make the tough decisions that yeah. he has to make every day? Right. Um, I think she could. I think she, I think if she was if she was in that role, she could do it. Um, it, it would be a hard decision for her to make. You know, she'd yeah. agonize, but I think she'd make the right choice. Right. Because um, you know, it'd be for, it's for their own good. Um, the I'm gonna say so. Going back to uh, you, you, about Jillian trying to soothe the whales, and yeah. uh, I loved your example of yeah. Usually you'd be doing this by holding your pet in your arms and yeah. and petting them <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, and she's just she's just standing up there. We get the same exact uh, seems like the same exact uh, uh, scene of George or Gracie with you know, blowing water in the air that we just saw. Oh, the one that Kirk was so amazed by. <laughs> yeah. Would you look at that? But it makes me think of like, okay, is, do we, is, is this is this mechanical whale, this special effect, just on a loop, right? Do they just do they just he just oh, it totally sw- is. swim by, launch the blowhole, and then they like cut, and they just roll him back, and he just swims by and shoots the blowhole, roll him back. <laughs> they spent all all the money on the uh, on the on the shooting of the blow the blowhole shooting of the blowhole. Is that not the right phrase? Um, <laughs> exhaling from the blowhole. Exhaling from the blowhole. There you go. Um, Breathing. But I will. Say, I will say. I just find it. You know, it's an. I find so where I was going. Jillian, you know, trying to soothe them by. You know, she's standing up. She's yeah. speaking in a regular voice. Right. You know, she's not. She's not. You know, leaning over and shouting into the water. Right. Yeah. It's uh, okay. You'll be okay. Um, in the comic book adaptation, they yep. do make a slightly better attempt at this scene. Um, she's in the water. Oh, uh, close. Uh, she is sitting on the edge of the tank with her, like her pants rolled up to her knees and she's, okay. you know, she's, she's, you know, she's got her, she's got her legs in the water and she's talking to them. Um, okay. and then when Bob walks up, he walks up to her and he does the same thing. He actually pauses, rolls up his pant legs, sits down next to her and they have this conversation. Hmm. Uh, so okay. It's, so it's a slightly better, um, a little more believable, I guess. If you're going to com- yep. if you're going to comfort a whale, I think you'd want to get as close to them as you can. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm sure it just wasn't in the budget to make a fake whale that comes close to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, they only do the blowhole. <laughs> yeah. I will. I I will say that the you know the couple of panels where she is you know dangling her feet, I think. This is supposed to be the whale, like swimming up next to her, but I swear it just looks like a, a blue blob. It does not have any definition <laughs> of an animal at all. Um, maybe I'll post a snap of that. Um, so yeah, uh, so fish stories. I had to look that up. That is a thing. I thought it, it is. Was just, yeah, fish story is just like a tall tale. It it's, is. Yeah. I, did Did you know that? I did. Oh, okay. So it's just me. You're yeah, much, I guess. you're much older than me, so you must know these these old old timey phrases. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're such a rube, man. <laughs> you need to get on the trolley, right? Uh, uh, so yeah, but I, you know, 
she so her, just her saying I'm fine is is her telling a tall tale. I guess, yeah. 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 I think he's showing his age. I just think he's a just think he's a jerk. So and then he goes on to say, you know, I know I feel the same thing. Do you really think he feels the same thing? Absolutely not. He's I don't. In he's in it for the money. Oh, we totally think that he's like, you know, he's making the difficult decision. He's detached. He doesn't care about these whales. And, you know, to him, this is just a job. Yep. You know, I know I feel the same thing, but we're in a rock hard place. If we keep them here without risking their lives. So what's the risk to their lives in the tank? Well, I, I, I think, I, I will say, as much as I don't like Bob, yeah, and you know he's only been on screen for what thirty seconds. We already don't like him, and he, you know, yep. he's not even given us any signals like you know, look nefarious or anything, or you know, sidelong glances of, you know, being the bad guy. Um, we both don't like him, but I think we're all in agreement um, that we are risking their lives by keeping him in this tiny little tank. Mm. Right? Yep. No, I I totally agree. Yeah. So. Um, that's what I assume he means. Probably not, but yeah. So why? why what, what risk? What risk do you think he's talking about? If not the tiny tank? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, um, he, he goes on to say, you know, something else in the next minute. But I, I don't know what else it is, other than you know, like Jillian joked, you know, we can't afford to keep paying, you know feeding them a million pounds of shrimp a day or you know so <laughs> is that what it was it a million pounds i don't know what it was it was a thousand pounds whatever it was that's a lot of shrimp buddy <laughs> holy two tons of shrimp a day okay a million <laughs> pounds a million. <laughs> isn't that like the weight of the moon or something <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to Google that one at some point. How how, how many is a million pounds of shrimp? <laughs> What's lighter, a million oh. pounds of shrimp or a million pounds of feathers, right? <laughs> um, oh, this, which one? <laughs> um, um, all right. So before we keep uh, bagging on uh, Bob Briggs here, let's give him yeah. a little bit of credit. Uh, this is the first time we see him, so... Uh, uh, Bob Briggs is being played by actor Scott Devaney. Devaney? Yes. Um, and I, I love doing this part of the show because I get to totally judge these actors and be like, he was in nothing else interesting to anyone. He right? was like a TV show man. He was he was in like Simon and Simon, Crazy Like a Fox, Falcon's Crest. And yeah, he was basically like a guest of the week guy. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Um, and is this really the only movie he's been in? He's been in TV movies. Nope. He was in Copycat, which Copycat. was a movie. Was that the one with um, Harry Connick Jr.? Um, oh, I think it it was in Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter, yes. Oh, is it that the one? That's the one we're yes. thinking of? Yep, yep. Oh, okay. Good call. Oh, wow, good for me. Yeah, that's yep. a good movie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> okay, Scott Devaney. Yes. Playing uh, that guy he was, cop, like. no, he was cop number one in Copycat. If you're going to be a cop in a movie, that's the best cop to be. So he apparently showed his acting chops here enough that he was able to get land cop number one in Copycat. <laughs> I guess so. He does look familiar, though. He's got, he's got one of those faces like, oh, I've totally seen him in other stuff. 
Well, every time I see him, he kind of has the same facial structure, hair, build of like a Charles Grodin. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Although, Charles Grodin, much better actor. Uh, we totally skipped over the beginning of the minute. I think we should jump back to the beginning. Sure. Okay. Uh, I, I love the opening line. Uh, it's it's Spock. <laughs> In the last minute, Kirk, at the end, he was like, uh, exaggerate. You've done it before. Can't you remember? You know, those stupid remember lines he keeps saying. And Spock yep. answers it at the beginning of this minute. The hell I can't. <laughs> that's a great That's a great use of the hell. Yes, that one makes me laugh. Like yes, that was that was good. That, well, I think that's what I was saying before. Like that was the payoff joke. All right. Like, okay. Like where Kirk was telling him, like you know, you're not using the color from Wonder Wars and stuff like that, and you know, that's the, the the joke, the payoff. Yep. The hell I can't. The hell I can't. Yep. So Kirk exasperated was like, "What'd you learn from your uh, mind mill?" I'm, gl- I'm glad he. Uh, I'm glad he called it the mind meld. I mean, it, I'm trying to think how I'm, how I'm going to say this. I find it weird that Kirk, you know, just said, oh, would you learn from your mind meld? You know, just so matter of factly. Right. You know, where I feel like, I feel like the mind meld is more of a, you know, like an ooh or a mystical thing. Like, oh, what did you learn from the, from your mind meld? You know, like, I feel like you, sh- you should give it a little bit more um, a reverence when you, when you talk about it, when you just very, very matter of fact, would you learn from the mind meld? You know, it's like, right. would you learn from the you know, phone call you made? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Or my my is it just me? No, I, I I actually am quite curious because he never. So he's totally surprised that Kirk goes. I mean, uh, Spock goes into the pool, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is like looking around for him. He finally sees like, and I think I asked this question when Spock was in the pool. Like, does Kirk know what he's doing? Like, does Kirk know he's doing a mind meld? Right. Like, has he let him know? Because usually when he does a mind meld, he does it in a certain way. He just like has his hand up against, you know, George or Gracie's, you know, eyeball, yeah. and you know, so he does. We, he, is he, he is he assuming that Spock did a mind meld? The only clue would have been uh, when Jillian approached Spock in the last minute. You know, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, I was attempting to communicate, but it's kind of. You almost don't hear what he said. Right. Uh, uh, so, yeah, if he, yeah, I don't know. I, there's there's a time jump, isn't it? We don't. He, Spock could have said that, told Kirk what he was doing, like from the time they left the institute to the time we see them walking along the water. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's what we we missed. Mm, maybe. Yeah. So, but he then tells, you know, Kirk the the political message here, which is, or the the overarching message. Well, they're pretty unhappy about the way their species is treated by man. Well, do you think they're slaughtering, you know, all the whales and killing them for blubber and, you know, all the other stuff? Yeah. Um. He wasn't in the tank very long. Yeah. This is the first time he's mind melded with a whale. The first time a whale has mind melded with. A Vulcan. Sure. I would have thought the conversation would be more like, who the hell are you? <laughs> what are you doing? How am I talking to you? But they are, yeah. they got all the way to, you know what? I really don't like the way our species is being treated by man. Yeah. <laughs> he just, Spock cuts through the BS. 
<laughs> Do you think you just asked him? Hey. I'm from the fu- I'm from the future, and I come with a plea of help. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you we think could, about these could, humans? We could help you, but you know, really unhappy. Well, we're not, that, we're not treated very well. Do you think? Well, oh, that's interesting. So, do you? Okay, let's let's be theoretical. So, Spock, yep. my melt said, "Hey, I'm from the future, and we need your help." Um, yep. There's this. There's a probe. There's this. You know, being. There's this creature. Whatever. Uh, sending a message to the oceans. You know anything about it? Um, <laughs> do, do you think they? Do you think George and Gracie would be able to say, "Oh yeah, we're familiar with that being. We've taught. We've we've heard about him in our legends, right?" Uh, it's a tale passed down from our great grandfather. We hear the so- we hear the songs amongst the ocean. Yeah, the songs from the stars. That's that's it. All ties back to what Jillian was saying. Like, what are the songs they singing? We may never know. Well, that's what it is. They're they're communicating to each other the the songs of old of the great beings who populated Earth with the whales. Whoa, I love it. I feel like you've got a you got the lyrics to a prog rock song coming on right now <laughs> <laughs> uh i like it yeah so so is the yeah there is the so so you think you think and i think or i think you tell me if you agree that the whale song the whale song they're passing on the story of the traveler from yes, generation sure. to generation of whales yep so, so I'm, someday I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in complete agreement there. Okay. So someday the, the traveler returns and wants to speak to them. Yeah. They're going to know what to say and not be totally in awe of it like we are. Like, what the hell is this thing? Right. So maybe George and Gracie weren't as freaked out when Spock says, you know, listen, I'm from the future. And I need your help. So maybe they knew that this one day would come that the Ooh. the traveler, you know, the prophecy, the great whale prophecy. There will be man. one. There will be one of another species that comes to you, looking for help. I feel like I mean, forget the Prague Rock song. I think we could, we have like a whole other little short story we can write, <laughs> right? Star Trek sure. Four from the point of view of George and Gracie. There you go. Oh, I like that. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> now we're stuck in this tank. <laughs> um. Well, I guess we're not done with this minute. I was like, I'm ready to hang up on this minute and uh, go start writing the story. Um, but uh, yeah, Kirk says uh, he, he agrees that uh, you know George Gracie's got a right to be unhappy with man, mm. but are they going to help us? <laughs> what? They help you? In what way are they going to help? Just we will talk to the probe when when you get us back to the future. Yeah, I guess that that would be his request. I mean, I just that's a lot. <laughs> like in this in his short little span of time, like is a lot. Like they're yeah. unhappy. So a they're unhappy about the way they've been treated. Yep. And are they going to help us? Like so that means Spock has communicated the problem, why they're going to take them, mm-hmm. who they need to communicate to. And get any other information, which he clearly got from the whales, based on how their treatment was on Earth. That's a lot in the tiny span he was in the water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gracie confesses her deep dark secret, and you know we'll learn about yes. that in coming minutes. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot that too. Yeah. 
Um, it is a lot, but maybe, I don't know. Um, did it, did I already ask, did I already ask of how the mind melt went down? Was it, was it George and, was it Gracie speaking Vulcan and Spock or Spock speaking whale song? Well, as we learned on Saturday morning track with our, uh, look at the Star Trek, the animated series, Spock is speaking English. Right. Oh so God, he, that's right. Because when he speaks to the alien probe or the alien ship or the being, he is speaking English. Right. The planet eater. Yes, the planet eater. We are the things on the thing. Yes. (laughs) The most confusing set of dialogue, I think, in all of Star Trek. Um, Okay, so Spock says he was successful in communicating our intentions, which is that long list of stuff you just shared. Right. We're going to pull you out of here. We're going to bring you back to the future, if you have any concept of time. We're going to dump you back in the ocean. And, oh, by the way, you're going to be the only whales left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, that's right. Yeah. So you're going to be the only whales left, and you have to repopulate the species. Hmm. Not oh, too much pressure. No pressure. Speaking of, this is a good nice segue. Uh, did you know that the original name for the whales in an earlier script draft uh, was not George and Gracie? It was Adam and Evie. Hmm. So I'm glad they changed that because it's a little too on the nose, hmm. right? But uh, anyway, they didn't want to go with Wally and Eve. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I think that's all I had. Yep. Yeah, I'm good. Back half first, first half second. Okay. Well, cool. Uh, why don't we wrap it up? And uh, sure. Yeah. We'll head up. Yeah, we'll head off and write our short story. Our, our Star Trek four fan fiction. <laughs> we're, uh, gonna start, we're gonna break open a whole new genre of fan fiction. No one's thought of that before. George and Gracie fan fiction. Uh, we should Google that between now and Friday's episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, great, uh, folks. Why don't you? Uh, I don't know what we've asked. What have we? What haven't we plugged in a while? Hey, well, let's go buy something. Hey, sure. Uh, Star Trek Minute. Uh, if you go to StarTrekMinute.com and uh, click on the merch link, you can buy stuff. Uh, Star Trek Minute gear and T-shirts and stickers and I don't even know what else. Um, you know what I want, Dave? We need to we need to make some pins. I'm a huge fan of the pin. Sure. Yeah. Do you like pins? I do. I love pins. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, no pins right now, guys. But someday there'll be pins. <laughs> StarTrekMinute.com/slash/merch. Uh, every purchase you make, a little bit of that goes back to help out the show. Uh, so please and thank you. Enjoy it. And we'll be back again on Friday talking about Minute 54 of The Voyage Home here at Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.